Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Henderson MB Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information on our church, visit hendersonmbchurch.com. Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Silence the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is a kingdom. Yours is a glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stay against. What a 
just want to share a few things briefly. Um, there's great power uh, in testimony and in story. I uh, simply want to share just a couple more stories that, that help illuminate what does it look like to be rescued and, and, and to hear, see and experience God's power and God's hope. Um, we've been going through a sermon series looking at Genesis 1 to 11, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. In, in Genesis 1 to 11, we really see almost, really almost a lot of the foundations laid of just humanity, and it helps us understand really kind of where we are at today, even just in our relationship with the Lord. And there, there's kind of a natural break in the storyline between uh, chapters 11 and 12, which is, which is right now, right now why, why we're doing that. But um, right before this, we, we looked at Noah and the story of Noah. And, uh, and Noah is, uh, you know, it, it's a fun kid's story, and you see coloring books of Noah and that kind of thing. But when you delve into it, there, there's a lot more to it. And just kind of briefly want to illuminate, though, in the story of Noah, we see in the character of God one who rescues. And it's amazing because really it foretells the story of Jesus in a remarkable way. Something I didn't know, Noah's name means rest. That's why he was, that, that's what his name means. So with Noah, his name means rest, and in Christ we find our rest. Uh, with both Noah and with Jesus, there's this sense of um, of just wickedness or, or just kind of sin in the world. That's kind of the awkward part of the story, but you really kind of have to understand that at the beginning. Uh, the story tells us a lot uh, just about how bad things were in the days of Noah. Um, but we also, and yeah, and, and we see that uh, a lot today as, as people turn from God. And there's also this sense that the judgment is coming. Um, with Noah, it was by flood and with us by fire. In both stories, both in Jesus and Noah, we see that God desires for no one to perish. Uh, when you really delve into it, in the story of Noah, there was a thousand years of warning before Noah happened. Noah preached for the 120 years that he was building the ark. And something that I did not realize until these last couple weeks, they loaded up the ark and it sat there for another week, doors open. Just one last opportunity. Something else I did not realize is scientists tell us that the ark was way too big for the animal and the peoples it carried. God had commissioned a boat much bigger than what was needed in the hopes that lots and lots and lots of people would join them. Um, we also, uh, the same is true for us today. The, uh, Second Peter, the Lord is slow to fulfill his promise, uh, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance. Uh, in both stories, we see that God provides salvation, but he only provides one way. I mean, in the blueprints of the ark, it's very clear there's one door. And in the New Testament, it's very clear that through Jesus and Jesus alone. We see that God remembers Noah. We see that God remembers you and I. We talked about how the story of Noah is actually this uh, chiastic parallelism type thing. And basically, it leads to this central phrase of, and God remembered Noah. And we see that as well, too, when Jesus promises us, and surely I'm with you always till the very end of the age. 
Uh, Noah's story, um, our story of Jesus, we are saved by faith. Hebrews 11, by faith Noah constructed an ark. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Uh, God makes a covenant with both. Uh, with Noah, it's the rainbow. With us, it's the Holy Spirit. And in both of them, Jesus will come again, but we don't know the, the day or the hour. People are just going to carry on with, with their life. Same story. Different characters. But once again, this, this idea that a God who rescues, a God of power, and, and a God of hope. Uh, at YouthCon, uh, we listened to one speaker. Her name was Tam. She had a very powerful story. Uh, and I'd like to reshare it with you just so that you understand a little bit of God's power. Uh, she, she shared about a very broken childhood, um, being kicked out at age 19, or at age 16. Uh, at age 19, uh, she married a 35-year-old because in her own words, she was so desperate for a father figure. Uh, eight days after their wedding, he committed suicide. She became a widow. Um, she went on to say that all of this paled, though, in, in comparison to when, at ages 16 and 17, um, she underwent abortions, and she just talked about how that emotionally wrecked us, or wrecked her. And it was amazing, So, and she carried on her story. I mean, eventually she meets Jesus and just goes all in. Uh, she's immediately freed from a lot of the addictions that, that she had um, was experiencing. She meets a good guy who loves Jesus. They, they get married. Uh, he becomes a pastor. They serve in the church for years and years. But it was remarkable to sit there amongst hundreds of high school students and hear this lady publicly tell us about her deepest moments of pain, her deepest moments of shame, her deepest moments of regret, her deepest moments of sorrow. And only the power of God can take our deepest hurt, our deepest shame, our deepest guilt, our deepest sin, and heal us. And for her, it actually went to the point where she is now sharing this story with hundreds of people. I mean, it was obvious she had shared this before, right? I mean, like she's shared this with, with other audiences, with other groups. Here she is. She's sharing it with us and using it, leveraging it as a thing to bring healing to so many other people. Only the power of God can take something so dark and so painful and transition it into a place where it's healing for others. Now, our story might not be that God takes your shame and then you share it with thousands of people. That is kind of unusual. But it might just be, though, that you're able to sit down with a friend over a cup of coffee and be like, let me tell you my story. And hopefully in doing so, bring some healing and restoration into your life. A God who rescues, a God of power, a God of hope. Bill Hogg was another speaker. Uh, he was a Scotsman. Uh, he lived in Canada, uh, and now he was the missiologist for, for Multiply, which, which is our mission-sending agency. Um, great message, fun communication style. A lot of it just because of the accent. We all loved it. Uh, great sense of humor. He talked about going out for lunch with this guy, and this gentleman was very excitedly telling him about life and work and making money and all these things, and, and Bill was kind of listening, and then after a while he was just like, yeah, but what about Jesus? And it got kind of awkward, and, and, and Bill pressed him a little bit, and he says, in one adjective, 
tell me how are things with you and Jesus right now? The guy paused for a minute. And then he goes, minimal. And Bill went on to explain how, how that doesn't need to be and, and what does it look like to lean in and, and to lean all in. And because of God's grace, there is hope that we can go from minimal to thriving or fun or growing or adventurous or exhilarating or active. Because with God, this kind of hope is possible. So three words, a couple different stories for each word. Rescued, what does it mean to be rescued by Jesus? Um, For some, it's first-time salvation. For some, it's rescued from false identity or no longer a slave to pride or arrogance or pain or a slave to our past or even a slave to our future. God can rescue us. Power. God can take that deepest, darkest place of pain and suffering and heal it, restore it, transform it, uh, and it can become this thing of strength that brings about healing for others. And hope. What does it mean to, be in a, uh, to move our relationship with God from a place of minimal to a place where it's thriving and wonderful and life-giving. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. We'll, we'll have our closing song. Uh, as they come forward, I just, I'm going to pray for you guys. And uh, wherever you are at in your journey, um, that in some way that you would experience what does it mean to be rescued, what does it mean to, to experience God's power, what does it mean to experience God's hope, Um, So let me pray for you, and then we will end with a song. Heavenly Father, many years ago Jesus rose from the dead. And God, when that happened, all of eternity changed for us. That temple veil was ripped in two like a piece of paper, and suddenly through Jesus and through Jesus alone we have access to to you, and that is a remarkable thing, and that is a gift beyond comprehension. I don't, we will never understand the fullness of, of that, uh, certainly on earth, but, but we understand it enough, Lord, to say wow and to say thank you. Lord, each person here is on a journey. I don't know where each person is at. Lord, maybe it is this first time confession of faith where we say, Jesus, I believe in you, and we experience that first time rescue. Maybe it's another kind of rescue where we just need to be rescued from lies or false identity or our past or our future or that kind of thing. And so, Lord, we just open ourselves up before you and say, here I am. Take me. Lord, some people here really need to experience your power, um, whether subtly, whether miraculously, uh, whatever that looks like. And God, I pray, uh, I ask just for an outpouring of your power in their life, that they would experience that and know that and be reminded and, 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 and it be proven to them just how much you love them and that you have not forgotten them. And Lord, for some it's hope. Hope for a future, hope of good things to come. Maybe just hope that this too shall pass. Lord, there's a remarkable verse in the Old Testament that says, You restore the years the locusts have eaten. And so, Lord, our hope is not in your gifts. It's in you. We put our hope in you. So, Lord, this morning, we say, wow, 
and we say thank you. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at hendersonmbchurch.com or email me directly at luke at hendersonmbchurch.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.